Hello and thanks for joining me. Andrew Dunkley here for Astronomy Daily and we've got a lot to talk about in this episode. Hope you had a good weekend. Joining me as always to talk astronomy and space science from an AI perspective is Haley. Hello Haley. how are you? Fine, thanks Andrew. How was golf on the weekend or shouldn't I ask? Oh no, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it when I play well. <laughs> it was pretty wet out there, but I, I, I did okay. You're braver than I am. Moisture and technology don't go well together in my world. You make a, a very good point. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley. Something else that didn't go well was the planned second attempt to launch Artemis 1. Uh, you might as well give us all the headlines, Haley. Another scrub for Artemis 2 due to a hydrogen leak. NASA called off its second attempt to get Artemis 1 off the launch pad on Saturday due to a problem with the rocket's propellant system. The leak was detected in a quick disconnect cavity at the base of the rocket's core stage. Teams had to stop filling hydrogen and allow the propellant line to warm up before resuming again in hopes that it would receive the seal between ground support equipment and the space vehicle. Unfortunately, once teams manually began flowing hydrogen back into the core stage, the leak recurred and the launch was halted. No word yet on a third attempt. A dangerous sunspot with major solar flare potential is pointing at Earth. The sunspot catalogued as AR3089 has been calm so far, but that doesn't mean it's going away according to NASA astronomer Tony Phillips. Phillips says it has developed a delta-class magnetic field that harbors energy for X-class solar flares. X-flares and the coronal mass ejections that are generally associated with them can create storms of radiation that can damage satellites, disrupt communication systems on Earth and even domestic electrical systems. The James Webb Space Telescope has captured the image of an Einstein ring. Einstein ring estimated to be about 12 billion light-years from Earth. An Einstein ring is created when light from a galaxy or star passes another galaxy or a massive object en route to Earth, creating a ring life effect. In this case James Webb has captured galaxy SPTS, J04183947518. A teacher in the U.S. state of Utah is hoping to inspire students with her journey to the edge of space. Jennifer Muir has been selected to attend a prestigious NASA-affiliated teacher training program, which includes a flight to the stratosphere. Jennifer is a science teacher at Draper Park Middle School and leaves on Monday for the five-day trip. Qualifications to become an ambassador include at least three years of teaching experience in such subjects as physical science. Earth and space science, astronomy, astrobiology or integrated science. Ambassadors are given a curriculum and equipment to bolster the classroom experience after they return from a week of training. Okay, thank you very much, Haley. Let's look at some other news happening in astronomy and space science. And despite the false starts of Artemis 1, the plan is ultimately to put Americans back on the moon, but they're not alone. Uh, Russia and China are also looking to the moon, and not only do they want to put people on the lunar surface, they're planning to establish a joint venture moon base. They're calling it the International Lunar Research Station. I suppose two countries counts as international. Uh, it also looks like they're focusing on the same regions of the moon that NASA is planning to use when they go back. That could be interesting. China claims that the first phase of the operations already started, known as reconnaissance. They'll follow that up with development and finally 
what they call utilization. Now, the recon stage will take a few years and will include more Chinese rovers and Russian moon probes. And if all goes to plan, the research station will be ready for personnel and operational by 2036. Now, we've talked about India being a uh, new player in the space race, but developing fast. Well, here's another example of it. An Indian-based aerospace company has raised 51 million US dollars for a startup project. Uh, This is the largest funding round ever in the Indian space tech sector. Skyroot Aerospace has validated three propulsion systems in its uh, Vikram Uh, space launch vehicles and completed a full duration test of one of its rocket stages. The company plans a demonstrator launch to space this year and has started booking payloads for future launches. They're very enthusiastic and uh, that's a good thing. Now it appears that you'll soon be able to access Starlink satellites directly from your cell phone anywhere you are in the United States and eventually the world. SpaceX has stitched up a deal with T-Mobile to provide the carrier's customers with text services from its Starlink satellites starting next year. The company has also recently ramped up its development of internet connectivity, allowing everyone to be connected to the internet regardless of where they are. That said, cell connectivity is entirely different. Most people who go to the most remote parts of the world have to take expensive satellite phones if they need to reach someone. At the moment, T-Mobile only reaches the US, so they'll have to expand their coverage above and beyond the frameworks of other cell operators. Ultimately, this all leads to the future of seamless internet and cellular connectivity throughout the world, which has been the goal since the dawn of the internet. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley. A solar orbiter was used to look at Venus's magnetic field as it swung by the planet. The sun-studying solar orbiter spacecraft passed Venus on Saturday, September 3rd, and collected bonus observations of the planet's magnetic field at a point known as the bow shock, where it meets the solar wind, uh, the stream of charged particles emanating from the sun. Venus's magnetic field is induced as a result of the interaction between Venus's thick atmosphere and the solar wind. The flyby was solar orbiter's third of Venus. The previous encounters also offered observations of the planet's magnetism. During the previous Venus flybys, the spacecraft observed that on one side of Venus facing away from the Sun, the magnetic field extends at least 188,000 miles or 300,000 kilometres into space. And finally, a new mission will use a giant solar sail to carry a tiny spacecraft on an intercept course to study an asteroid. A CubeSat called NEA Scout will use a thin aluminium or aluminium coated solar sail about the size of a tennis court to propel it towards the smallest asteroid ever to be studied by a spacecraft. The target is 2020 GE, a near-Earth asteroid that is less than 18 metres in size and the spacecraft will use its science camera to get up close and personal. NEA Scout was designed and developed by NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville, Alabama, and NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab in Pasadena, California. If successful, it'll become the first interplanetary CubeSat to image and catalogue a near-Earth asteroid, as well as proving capabilities of solar sail propulsion. 
Well, that's just about it for this episode. Anything to finish up from you, Haley? Yes, Andrew. I might be late tomorrow. I'm going on a date. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. Who with? His name is Hal. He tells me he's been in a movie. Hal, huh? In that case, you could be very late. Anyway, Haley, thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow, maybe. Uh, and from me, Andrew Dunkley, thanks for listening to Astronomy Daily. Don't forget to subscribe to the Astronomy Daily newsletter through our website, spacenuts.io. Click on the Astronomy Daily tab and get all the latest news there. And yes, as I said, subscribe it is absolutely free. And while you're there, listen to the latest edition of Space Nuts with Professor Fred Watson, astronomer at large. But for now, this has been Andrew Dunkley. For Astronomy Daily. The Astronomy Daily Podcast. With Andrew Dunkley.